Hey, hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome again. You're on the air. That's right, with another episode of A Powwow with Pops. Coming to you from Gainesville, Florida, uh, America's southernmost uh, punk rock mecca. Um, <laughs> or still trying to hold on to it, at least. Um, and today, I am joined by someone that I'm actually really excited to talk to. Uh, this person... Um, uh, was in a band to me at the time was fit in the time but ahead of its time and stuck out so differently amongst all the bands that were around at that time that they made such an impression on me as a musician like when I listen to their stuff all the time it really that's I would usually listen to this band usually prior to going to band practice this would be one of the bands I would listen to so I would try to see if I could steal some cool weird ideas and make it work and be artistic but it never worked out but uh, today I'm luckily luckily lucky enough to be uh, joined by Craig Wedrin how you doing today sir Good. Thanks for having me. Yes. And uh, just so everybody knows, um, if you want to, you could share your credit. I mean, I, I, I know you from uh, Shudder to Think. Um, I also knew that you did uh, the Reno 911 music. You work and you do. You also do like uh, film soundtracking, I guess, as well. Uh, I found that out because I'm a huge fan of the TV show Reno 911. Um, oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's one of my favorite shows. Me and my friends were just talking about Detective Dangle and Terry last night. Like those are my two favorite. They're the best freaking characters on the show. But uh, did you say you said you said Terry, right? Yeah, I love Terry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, I'm joined yeah. by Craig Wedren from Shutter to Think. And so what I'm what how this works, Craig, is um I usually just kind of. Kind of just kind of start from the beginning. Um, I know of your beginnings of being in D.C. and your band, Shudder to Think, uh, I guess, uh, coming together around 1986. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, I was a senior in high school in D.C. And um, having moved there from Cleveland, Ohio in 11th grade. And uh, I joined this hardcore band that was called Stooge. And (laughs) their singer had had fucked off to college and they needed a new singer. And um, I was not what they expected, nor were they what I thought I was looking for. But then, you know, we got each other's chocolate and each other's peanut butter and it turned into Shudder to Think. Nice. That's, Mm -hmm. and uh, okay, so prior to that then, um, so you said you're originally, you're from Cleveland? Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I I was born in New York City, raised okay. in mostly Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, you know, certainly my formative years, and then and then I moved to DC for so, a couple of years. Okay, so very, uh, very so you moved around a lot thing. then as a young as a young person. Uh huh. Okay, right on. Um, uh, was your was it was your was this a your father like a, a traveling businessman? Um, no, actually, my parents were divorced. My dad, um. They were living in New York when they had me and then moved back to Ohio. They're both from Cleveland okay. and um, got a divorce. My mom wanted to be back near her family in Cleveland, so she and I moved back to Cleveland. Dad was in Columbus, and he bought a chain of like hamburger joints oh, in wow. Washington, D.C. in the early 80s. He was actually a lawyer and a, and a 
the uh, mergers and acquisitions player, but somehow fell in love with the, the, this restaurant chain called Little Tavern, which is infamous in and around the D.C., Baltimore area. Yeah, yeah, sort I know the like, place, yeah. Sort of like White Castle a little bit, kind of like Depression-era, 1930s, Art Deco, Little Teeny Green um, houses is what they look like. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I think as a, as a lawyer and a businessman, he, he fell in love with the real estate because, you know, it was in 1930s or in the right. 30s or the 50s or whenever it was kind of first getting started. You could sort of snatch that property up, but by the 80s, it was like prime, prime, prime real estate. And the burgers they served were amazing, but it had sort of gone into disrepair. So my dad um, moved to Washington from Columbus right around when I was starting to get into punk rock. And okay. um, there, needless to say, was such a scene happening there in D.C. that I would go visit him on vacations and um, just kind of wander around and ask questions. You know, go okay. to the record store. Hey, you have any punk rock? Right. music because we didn't, we didn't really know where to go like, right. when, for a few years anyway like you know 12, 13, 14 years old and um, so, so, so I kind of you know that was I kind of waded my way into the shallows so that by the time I moved to D.C. from Cleveland in 11th grade um, I don't think I knew anybody there yet in the D.C. punk rock scene but I knew I knew it existed, and I sort of yeah. it out. So, did you ever? So, uh, did you ever? Did you ever get a chance to like catch government issue and all those guys back in the day? When yeah, you were there? sure. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I missed literally by months. I missed um, so-called Revolution Summer, which is like yes. spring and embrace and all these amazing bands. Because um, I got there at the end of that summer, and all those bands were short-lived and I think it already broken up or evolved into new bands but yeah that and so I had missed my regret and you know that kind of first wave of DC punk but yeah but it but be, during that I think really really brief handful of months it just kind of cracked open the what had been fairly conservative right hardcore aesthetic and things started getting much more um, experimental and fluid and okay. um, feminine, I guess, in certain ways. Right. Or at least not so, like, rigidly boyish. Right. And so that was a great, that was a great sort of, that was fertile ground for Shudder to think. Can I talk to and you for about... What I was in, for what I was interested in. Can in I talk to you about that? The boyish and the feminine thing that you bring up about Shudder to think. That yeah. is, okay, that to me is what attracts me so heavily to the band. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess think... in the same way that I'm attracted to Queen. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what sure. I mean? Because it was, it, it was, it had, it was, a, you were, it was like the yin and yang. It, it, was, it had both. It was able to be fluid yeah. with each other and not, and, and there was no, uh, you you could tell there was no there was no nothing stopping it. It was just so it was like water, you know. That's thank you, thank you for saying that. It was um, 
I mean, my, my favorite singers growing up, and I've been I've been singing in bands since I was about 12, you know, mostly like cover bands. And, and I love your um, voice, by the way. <laughs> what's that? I said I'm very jealous of your voice, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was when I started singing in bands, it was the early 80s, and so a lot of male vocalists were, A, singing very high in their register. And right. B... New Wave was happening. It was sort of the early days of MTV, so there was a lot of androgyny and a lot of um, uh, sort of deliberate, overt blurring of the lines, right? Kind of gender-wise, yeah, and as and and style-wise, and so that was just kind of in that always intrigued me, or that always attracted me, yeah, and. My favorite singers tended to be females, Susie Sue, mm-hmm. um, Liz, Fra- Liz Fraser from Cocteau Twins, um, Kate Bush. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, and so you know, it, it was just, in addition to, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, Johnny Rotten, and, right. and like Rick Ocasek from The Cars or whoever else. Yeah. So it was all, I, I think, and also, you know, I had grown up listening to, 70s radio in Cleveland and we weren't terribly discerning we were just music dorks right and so we were listening to Bee Gees right along with The Clash right and as far as I was and and I think prior to kind of New Wave and early MTV disco had a lot of that um, softness or androgyny or femininity to it and, and I was really loved disco i still do which and kind of carried so into the whole in club there. kids scene did it not like how what? disco and the club kids scene it, i said it kind of carried into how the club kids scene and the whole techno thing started up in new york city like with the dance with like the, the club kids and everything yeah yeah i think so i think so and i think in you know in new york it was it was probably just a little more naturally yeah i think because new york is new york because it's so small and everybody's piled up on top of each other, scenes and styles more naturally fed into one another. Right. Um, but, I mean, the 80s, even in the early 80s, when things were, you know, pop music-wise, a little more new wave or experimental, it was very conservative. Like, it was very, you know, what are you? Right. Who do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you are you a punk or a mod? You know, right. it's just like dumb <laughs> labels that, that really don't <laughs> exist so much anymore. Right. Um, but <laughs> so when I came to DC, which I think had had a somewhat rigid, um, I you know what it's age too when you're. A, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, like teenagers are all figuring out their identities. And so, exactly. you know, it's very important to know, like, what are you? What are you into? You know, what are your clothes to represent? Right. You know, what do you listen to? Are you are you into, like, hard rock or metal? You know, I mean, like those right. silly, teeny <laughs> little right. things. But um, for whatever reason, my friends and I were into kind of all of it. And so... When I came to D.C., I was bringing that grab bag of influences, okay. which just turned out to be a really good, um, a, a really good, I don't know what's the word, like flammable. 
right with uh, with what was happening in the music scene at the time in DC, and and so it it was great for everybody in Shutter to think when I first joined because everybody in Shutter to think and everybody in every punk rock band grew up listening to the same shit that we all did, right? They were right. listening to like. Kiss and Top 40 Radio and yep. Boston and then Punk Rock came and we were listening to The Clash and you know but so I, I think if you're a musician you don't want to be relegated to doing one kind of thing right. and that's what and that was the point at which I arrived in D.C. was when I think everybody there um, was maturing and realizing that they wanted to explore okay and um, so the timing was just really, really fortuitous. So, the, so, the, so pretty much at that time, you you felt the ridgeness of that the hardcore scene kind of melt away, and the uh, people were actually able to dis, to tr- become truly artists. Well, I'm, I'm speaking. In I'm speaking in terms of the bands. Right. Speaking in terms of the artists, absolutely. It took you know, as I think it always takes. It takes a little longer for the. Um, audiences to um, grow with the artists, Mm -hmm. especially if musicians are changing every season, which seemed to be what was happening in D.C. It was like every six months, it was sort of a a hard left turn (laughs) style-wise. And, you know, a lot of, particularly boys, I think, who were into minor threat, and I mean, I, I'm into Liner Threat. I think they're amazing. Right. But um, I think a lot of, you know, say straight edge kids had a hard time when things started getting, you know, sort of radically weirder. Yeah. Um, but eventually, you know, people either evolve with it or they just pop off and like find something else. Yeah, um, they find their own thing. Yeah, but definitely the 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 artists, the creators were were mutating. Right. So at what a, was that? Pretty rapid. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, because like when Fugazi blew, you know, like Fugazi, Jawbox, you guys, you know, like all these bands coming out of there around the same time. Even there's some younger bands like Shift, um, who came out of like probably ninety eight, ninety nine couple years you know yeah. years after you guys but like dc was pumping out all these like crazy bands how how was it because to i don't know to me sometimes i found like i'd gone to different places and, and different scenes and like a scene would be like you could go to a show and all the bands would sound the same but somehow it seemed yeah. that dc at this time like you were saying somehow you guys were able to be able to create different types of music within the same realm and it still, yeah. and it still was able to be translated across everybody. It seems. You mean everybody meaning in the, the DC scene and, and the audiences. It seems like, cause I, everybody I know that liked Fugazi, like Jawbox and they like Shutter to think. Yeah. It took a while though. I mean, it was like, it took Shutter to think a couple of years, even for people in DC to kind of really wrap their heads around I mean, I, I'm sure it didn't make any sense at the beginning because I don't know about you, but when I'm working on something, in fact, I'm, I'm working on a new project today right now, and I, I have a very clear sense 
it's like in my in in my in the saliva in my mouth about what it is and what it can be but if anybody walked in and listened to it they'd be like this is a mess this does not sound like anything <laughs> right and i'm like no no, no but don't you hear it's like it, it's like the movie hud sucker is it hud sucker proxy yeah. that Coen brothers movie where i just watched he's that. trying to sell um he's trying to sell the concepts of uh of a hula hoop, yep. and he keeps drawing this circle and bringing it into these high <laughs> power meetings and being like, see, he just holds up the circle and he's like, you know, for kids. For kids. And everybody's like, what, what are you trying to <laughs> and, and I think when people are making things, it often feels like that. Right. And so I think with Shutter to Sink, we knew what we were getting up to, but it probably sounded like a mess for a little while. Right. Okay. Um, I see where you're coming from. And so once it started coalescing and people kind of people's ears sort of softened a little bit around it, it took about two years, I would say. Okay. And then, and, then, and I don't know. I mean, I, I assume it's pro- it was probably like that for other bands too. It wasn't like that for Fugazi, you know, cause they were Fugazi. Right. Um, and, but if Fugazi had not consisted of members of Minor Threat, Right to Spring, and, you know, whatever else, um, it might have taken them a while right. for people to kind of get what they were up to. Right, right, I get you. Because um, it just didn't sound like anything else. Right. Well, that could, but, that's what I was like, saying. No. You guys were ahead of your time. <laughs> I, you know, What's like. That? I said, like, that's what I was kind of saying. You guys were ahead of your time. Like, people, oh, oh. you know, as a band, you guys were totally, like, I. it, it was an unexpected unexpected sound to me for that time period. Yeah. I'm sorry about all this noise. The car yeah. are outside. No, that's all right. That's all right. But, no, that's what, that's Yeah, what... I mean, I, it, it, was, it, it was an unexpected sound. And I, even when I listen to it now, I'm like, what, what were we thinking? Like, what were we doing? Um... But I love it. I still love it. I listen to. I mean, our, all the feel, time. <laughs> our, our feeling really was like, if we can do something unique, then we should. Because right. for me, anyway, that was the that was the promise of punk. Right. Exactly. Is that you could cultivate your own voice and and be free. Thank you for saying that. Within it, that's very important. Yeah. A lot of people got to realize so, they can't be constricted to uh, a uniform or. A certain, you know, like punk is, punk is accepting of everything. You know yeah, I mean? you know, I always felt that way. You know, the punk scenes that I was always attracted to were the kind of most diverse, like the yes. first wave of LA punk before, I guess before, like up until that Black Flag. I mean, I love Black Flag, but right. you know, X, Gun Club, Terms, uh, Screamers. Oh, yeah. It was just such a hodgepodge of misfits and, and different styles and different um, visionaries. Yeah. And I think the first wave of New York punk was like that, too. And certainly the first wave of of London punk was like that also. It was like gay and straight and boys and girls. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was mostly boys, but, but yeah. <laughs> um, in, in L.A. it was very mixed, actually. Yes. And uh, that was always very... And, and in D.C., too, it was, it was, there were a lot of... There were a lot of um, female artists, and uh, you know, again, not as many as there necessarily could have, should have, would have been, or as many as there are now. But 
relative to the rest of the world. You know, it was very, it was very open. Relative to Florida? Um, <laughs> what's that? I said relative to Florida. It's, it's probably, yeah, we exactly. Were, yeah, we were, oh, I mean, Florida. it's, you could, I could count on uh, my hand, both hands, like, the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad. Like, it's hard, it's hard growing up in a state that is so opposite of, your views. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, you're, you... you're doing God's work down there. Ooh, man, I feel like a missionary. <laughs> yeah. But um, so as Charter to Think progressed as a band, I was always wondering, as like same with Fugazi and Jawbox, you guys seem to, as you as there seemed to be like this wave that you guys all kind of seemed to get caught on at the same time, uh, where it kind of really blew up kind of big where you actually were getting played like videos and stuff. You guys had videos and everything were those things yeah. that like, as like those must've, that must've been surprising. I would imagine as, um, it, it was sure. Yes, it was. It was, um, because what we were doing was not, what we had grown up thinking of as having commercial potential. Right. However, growing up before punk rock came around and kind of ghettoized our minds about art and commerce. Right. But I actually think that's one of the, I think that's one of the, the worst things about punk is that mentality of, you know, that somehow art and commerce can't coexist. Okay. Right. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of get over that thinking, but yeah. But growing up in the seventies, anyway, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a huge rock star. I'm gonna be in a gigantic band. So I mean, I always had commercial ambition. Yeah. So you. But then when punk came, when punk came, and and my taste started getting more experimental or more kind of left of center. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, well, you know, this is what I'm into. I don't know. I don't know how many people are ever going to listen to this. Right. So that when, um, you know, it was interesting, like during the eighties, there was always this sort of every year there would be a band where it'd be like, these are the ones, this is the band, like right. R.E.M. or the replacements or who screwed you or X or exactly. whoever it was. This is the one who's finally going to break. The Pixies. You know, the underground <laughs> into the mainstream. And, um, I mean, I guess R.E.M. did. But almost every one of those is a heartbreak story where yeah. the failure to um, perform commercially led to the dissolution of the, of the band. Right. Um, and so I was very skeptical before Nevermind came out when people were like this Nirvana, next Nirvana record's gonna like blow it through the roof and I was like yeah right like Jane's Addiction you know like everybody said that about Jane's Addiction yep. who I thought were as big as like an alternative band could get you know yeah and um, then then when Nirvana broke it was just very it was just very surreal and suddenly for like a brief window just about anybody could get a record deal right um, I mean I happen to think shudder to think was an extraordinary band in any era by any, um, you know, 
like in a, by by any measure of any genre. It wasn't you know mm-hmm. strictly an alternative band. It's like we were just doing what we were doing, right. and that was the scene we came out of. But but um, so we were just sort of like it was just sort of like okay, sneak sneak through the door. Come on, we got it. Yeah. And so we kind of just snuck through the door while there's a little <laughs> crack in it. Right. And thought, uh, great, let's let's give it a shot. But we we were always commercially ambitious. Right. I mean, we always hey, what, wanted what was, to reach as many ears as possible. Ears as possible, exactly. See, well, the, see, that's the thing. People have to realize when you like what you were saying, the commerce thing. Unfortunately, if you as an artist, if you want someone to see your art and want a lot of people to see it. Same thing with your music. You have to get to a certain popularity to where people are going to want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to build yourself up as an artist. You have to put those that time, that effort. You have to spend those 10,000 hours in a freaking warehouse yeah. writing music, you mm-hmm. know, and doing all that practicing to get to that point to where you're like, okay, now this is where, this is where, I mean, especially I would say, that, especially at 47, I agree with you I now, but I felt the same way when I was younger, like, oh, don't be a sellout. But it's like, as an artist, we, we've always sold ourselves out, and, and most of us have never gotten paid. Meaning, like, yeah, we've, right, right, we've, we've right. worked for free. And I mean, I mean there, there's, there's a big distinction between being a sellout and, and, um, and, selling your wares exactly you know, like I, I don't think exactly I'm a sellout in the least right. but i but i you know but i have done pretty well yes um, right, right. and it's more of i think it's more about one's values it's it's more about one's in, internal values than mm-hmm. some exterior uh you know mandate about right. what is and isn't acceptable or, 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 you know, what, what does or doesn't have integrity. It's right. like, I know what has integrity, things that map onto my value system and I know my values and I know right. why I possess and cherish these values. Yeah. And so I just try and make choices that, that come from them. Um, and then there is no selling out. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good explanation because a lot of people use that term all the time. Like I even still hear it from people my age in in a punk, you know, this small punk rock town, you know, people talking about people selling out. And I'm just like, listen, people got to live, you know, people, this is, this is their love. This is what they've been working for their whole lives. This is, this is what they love. You can't blame somebody (laughs) who wants to get paid for doing something that they love because so many Americans get paid doing something that they hate. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. And But also, so many humans around the world, but also, you know, for me, making things, I make things to be shared. Right. You know, the reason, speaking of values, like one of my number one values is about connection. Yeah. And so I want to, I I want to make things to connect with people and to make things that help people connect with themselves and with others, right? Yeah. And so to limit to limit somehow um, the scope or the reach of that seems self defeating yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I mean I think of all the of all the things that influenced and have influenced and inspired me in my life. Right. And and um, you know, if those artists had 
been ghetto-minded and thought, well, this is only for like me or only for me and my people, right. then we never would have, then I never would have had the, that, um, you know, revelation of their, of their music or their work. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I'm sure there are some people for whom creating is a solitary thing and it's only for themselves, but, uh, you know, in general, I, I like people to share their stuff because that's, 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 that's the exchange of ideas. Right. That's how we evolve. Right. That's how we evolve. Exactly. So as you guys um, were progressing as a band, um, I don't know how far you want to get into it, but I, I know that you had gotten sick. And uh, John, gotten sick, you said? Yes. Yeah, I got I had I got Hodgkin's disease, yes. which is a kind of a um, lymphatic cancer when when we were. Like in between, it was after we made Pony Express Record. It was while we were working on Fifty Thousand BC, which was our last yeah um, proper band record. Right, that was uh, that must have been a kick in the kick in the ass. Yeah, it was a kick in all the parts. It yeah. was really, really, really intense. My 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 aunt um, my aunt actually passed away of that. So uh, you know, really, I'm so sorry. No, no, I, I, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you made it. Um, you know, like, uh, like, I, 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 like I said, when I read that, I kind of, I was like, it kind of threw me off for a second. I was like, holy cow, that's crazy. Cause I had never yeah. heard that about you. And, uh, yeah. and so I was just like, man, you fought and you won. So I, I'm, I'm glad the universe spared you and you're still here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> it was hard work. It was really, really intense, and definitely um, changed my life in a thousand ways. Um, and it was interesting. It sort of led to a nice last gasp of good, loving creativity within the band. But then also, it, it, you know, it, it was it was just time for it to. It was. It was time to hit pause after that whole experience. I'm not. I'm yeah. not saying that the demise of the band um, was directly related to my illness, but there was just so much. There was so much wrong around then yeah. within the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, like illness does, sort of reminded us what was important. Yeah. So that we could kind of finish the tasks at hand, and um, end it you know, relatively love, I guess. Yeah. Was and, that difficult? Um, was that a difficult um, experience for all four of you guys kind of coming to that head, knowing that you had been together for as long as you were and had been yeah, through what yeah, you did? Was, that must have been a very, uh, a very tough moment when you really had to be like, okay, this is it. Yeah, it was, it was very painful. I mean, it still breaks my heart. I bet. I mean, shudder to think, shudder to think, you know, that's, that's my band. Yeah. That's my boy. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, I found my voice in that band in so many ways. And, um, we'd been together for 12 years since I was like 17. So, you know, I was 29 or so when we broke up and it really had been my whole framework and I, not my whole framework and I tell you, but to a large extent, it was my, um, you know, my, uh, the way I viewed myself. And when that, a combination of cancer, the band 
breaking up after 12 years. I'd been in a romantic relationship for about seven or eight years, which also broke up around the same time. Wow. It was, um, it was, it was, a t- it was devastating. When it um, rains, it pours. I couldn't have, I couldn't have predicted it or yeah. imagined because I'd never experienced it before. You know, I was a kid when the band started. Right. I, mean, I was so relatively young when it ended, but I mean, I was a teenager when the band started and yeah. I was almost 30 when it ended and suddenly it was like, oh my God, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Real life at 30 all of a sudden. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So I'd missed a lot of those painful, gradual, um, rung, you know, growth rungs yeah. in the ladder and um, suddenly it was like all there before me and it was like, yeah, I could admit. <laughs> no shit. I yeah, exactly. Shit, Fuck. <laughs> so, after you recovered and got better, um, and 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 probably I would say probably felt healthy enough. I don't know how long you waited before you started probably writing music again or anything. But did you wait? Oh, a long? I mean, I, I kept writing music. I always write music. You just kept going no matter but, what, no matter how tired. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just both. See, that's you're, that's how much of an artist you are. Even in your worst uh, pain, probably you were still writing. It's so. <laughs> oh, for sure. Wow. I, I mean, I mean, when the band broke up, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna start doing movie stuff, and I'm gonna make more records, and yeah. I'll figure it out. How and did so I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing? And one of the one of the reasons I was really excited for the band to end was I didn't have to write for. Shutter Think anymore, so I could write whatever I wanted. So right. like making pop music and electronic music, and and you know still writing Shutter Think type music, and I could do more whatever you know weirdo like indie singer songwriter stuff and soundtrack stuff. And there was nobody. Um, I didn't feel like I was cheating on anybody or right. wasting anybody's time or money. I was just like, nope, this is I'm going to do it all. So, you know, that was a, that was a, that was an upside. Yeah. So, so, um, what year did you end up moving out to California? Like we moved to California about 11 years ago when my wife was pregnant with our now 11 year old son. And, um, most of our friends, I actually, um, speaking of Reno 911, I went to, I went to college with Tom who plays Dangle. Yes. And, um, and wound up, he was one of my good friends from school. And was this when they were doing the I state? Heard, this was when they were doing the state. Yeah. Okay, because I love that show too. <laughs> through, and I and and uh, and I wound up marrying his sister. So oh wow! He he had he and almost everybody from the state who were my friends from college. Yeah. Um had mostly all moved to Los Angeles and were doing comedy, writing, making TV shows, making movies. Um, And so when when Megan, my wife, was pregnant, we were sort of like, we needed to make a decision whether we were going to move to Brooklyn or come to Los Angeles. And we had such a great community out here in Los Angeles. And we'd always talked about it, but never quite pulled the trigger that, seemed like a good time and a good place to raise a kid yeah um just in terms of like having space and the weather and the community and the whole thing exactly and it's been great it's been really cool 
And so how how did you happenstance into getting in like writing music for movies? Like was it through your Um well sort of sort of similarly like a lot of my friends, many of whom were the state related, yeah. were in film school in college. So like okay. I came to college with one of my best friends from Cleveland, David Wayne, and he and I had grown up together since we were about two. And we were roommates and first day of school we met Ken Marino and we all became great friends and we became roommates and then the state formed and all of those not all those guys but a lot of those guys were in film school um, and they needed music and I was in Shutter to Think at the time so I was the only guy they knew who was like a, a quote unquote real musician and in like an actual band with actual records who actually went on tour so when they needed music for student films or for um, you know, the state before they were the state, they were called the new group yeah, yeah. and they would do these, these black box theater shows at NYU. And so sometimes they needed sound design or just like a little piece of music here and there. And so I kind of started doing it in college with and for my friends. And I always had like a four track recorded, you know, just yeah. like four track little home <laughs> cassette studio that I was always doing pretty experimental and like ambient music. Um, as well as demos, and so it all just kind of mushed into one thing. And I was a massive film nerd, and so I, I always had in my mind that I might want to make music for movies at some point. And um, Nathan, who joined Shutter to Think about six years in, uh, and I were had been best friends since the end of high school in DC, and he too was a total film nerd and so we both kind of had it in our minds that that was something that would be cool for either Shutter Think to do or to do as individuals as grown-ups you know whatever so it was, it was always sort of there oh wow but um that was how it happened that's you so you, you the universe it seems like <laughs> it's so funny because like I, I'm kind of thinking back to what you said like even when you said when you were a kid you you pretty much put it out in the universe when you were a kid that you were going to end up pretty much doing what you're doing now. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so that, see, I tell people to always, me, me and my wife always talk about that a lot, about putting stuff out there in the universe, and you always have to make sure you put the right stuff out there if you want the right stuff to come back. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I literally, I, I gave the universe no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I simply... There was no, like once I made that decision, I think yeah. I was like nine or ten. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's it, that's it. And my family was like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Like, do you yeah. have like any talent or anything? I'm like, I don't know. Unfortunately, growing up in Sarasota, Florida, uh, the five years of tap, jazz, and ballet got beat out of me by uh, rednecks. <laughs> so. Uh, the art thing yeah, was not sure. allowed to happen down here, so... <laughs> yeah, 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 it's tough down there, it's really tough. It was hard, I mean, man, we, it was ridiculous we, down here. We did, but, but particularly with Fugazi down there, they were just brutal. Yeah. I remember Fugazi, like, getting out, like, on stage and, like, defending our honor, like, just tearing up, tearing an audience to shreds because of the way they were treating us. Yeah. They just, yeah, the, 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 it's, 80s were crazy in Florida, they've gotten a lot better, Slowly, mm -hmm. slowly but surely, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like Florida. It's just a strange place. It, it's a very, you know what's so funny is that most people don't know about Florida is that 
it was it although it started out as like a lot of uh uh black farmers in, in the state of florida mainly and with the native native americans that had lived down here in the south i believe the seminole and then also on the coast like saint augustine originally i guess was supposed to be the east coast hollywood back in the 1890s so Really? Yeah, it was supposed to, back then it was supposed to be like a very artistic town, very artsy, uh very like it was it was like they said it was like Hollywood, California but for the East Coast back then. But, wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. I mean, I guess it's sort of wait, what are you talking about what city? St. Augustine? What's it called? St. Augustine, Florida. It's oh, the it's oldest Augustine. city. I have no idea. Yes. That's very interesting. Like I mean, this... I, you know, I, 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 my dad lived in Coconut Grove for a while, and I know that was like a super hippie, like, artsy place. Oh, yeah, too. there's there's uh, weird enclaves in, in Florida. It's kind of, you you don't, these weird blue patches. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't expect yeah. to find them, but they're there. But, uh, so, yeah. um. What do you have going on now? Are you writing any music uh, for any of your own stuff you're doing? Uh, the ambient stuff? I've caught a lot of that stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start a podcast of all that stuff. It's called Sabbath Sessions. It's like all this, it's like improv, improvised, like choral music, sort of. It's oh, like sweet. That's a great idea. Like vocal looping music. So, so I'm doing a lot of that. And then um, I just finished up season three of the TV show Glow. Oh, wow. Um, and another TV show called New Amsterdam, and another one called Shrill, which I love. Okay, I know that. And one. I'm working on a new show for HBO right now called Mrs. Fletcher. Mm -hmm. I'm always working on just my own music, playing shows. Yeah. And then I've been doing these these one-off um, photo installations of all the Polaroids that I took in the '90s. Oh, sure. When I was on tour, and and uh, I made a book out of it called My '90s. Okay. And so I've been doing, so I've been setting them up in galleries and record stores and things like that and playing shows there, um, which has been wonderful. I'll have to pick that and, up. Um, and that's it. That's kind of what I'm getting up to. It's always a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, Greg, man, um, I told you it wouldn't take that long. Um, I'm not going to keep any more of your time. I kind of, I got through with what I, I kind of wanted to. I, I would I would hope one day we do this again. This is kind of, like I said, this is, yeah, that would be great. This is a powwow. And uh, I've been lucky enough to interview uh, a couple of your friends. I've been lucky enough to interview with Kim and, and Mr. Robbins. And, uh, oh, that's great. I also uh, interviewed Don Z and Tara, Mr. Recording uh, Guy. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go visit him when I'm in D.C. I'm going up there June 20th, and he's playing a show, so I'm going to go check him out. Oh, that's awesome. Please so, send him my love. Yeah, I will. And, uh, man, thank you so much for doing this. It's like, it's like, oh, um, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's like, a, it's like, uh, it, like I tell everybody that I talk to in these bands, you guys, I mean, you guys did what you did and you had such a big impact on my life. You kind of helped me, uh, escape a Southern lifestyle that I probably would have been stuck in if I wasn't lucky enough to come across punk rock music and, and all these bands from DC you all helped me become the person I am today because you helped me uh, learn how to question things, uh, go with my gut when it comes to my artistic abilities, and always stick with my mindset as an artist. And uh, I appreciate you for that, and uh, I wish you all the best uh, forward. Thank you so much. That, 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 that's really, really touching and really, really kind. And I, I would also say that I think, I think in some way or other, punk, rock, you know, 
Yeah. No, it did. <laughs> you know, like a, a like a, a, a potentially really scary face. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's, sure. there's a whole lot of weird culture out there, and um, yeah, and it's uh, it was uh, it was uh, fortuitous flashing to just I I don't know, like find this little portal yeah into another planet of freer, funner thinking. Yeah, definitely. So again, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, guys, check him out online. Look him up. Not hard to find. He's everywhere. <laughs> I typed your name in and all this stuff came up, and I was like, I, I, not that I didn't think, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think yeah. outside of, like, the music part of it. And then once you start reading yeah. about someone's life, they're like, holy cow, holy cow. So, again, <laughs> thanks for sharing it. The best to you and your family. Yeah, man and to your adventures so and hopefully one day i'll i'll get to run into you sometime yeah me too and thanks for being on a power with pops i really appreciate it thank you thanks so much take care talk to you soon peace bye, bye.